Hey, welcome to Flipping the Field, the college football podcast about all of college football. I'm your host, Patrick Mayhorn. I'm joined by co-host Ryan Donnelly. We've got week 10 to talk about here in college football, but before we do that, I should probably ask Ryan, how's he, how's he doing? Ryan, how's he doing? How are you, how's it going, man? Uh, uh, Ryan is alive. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to talk the entire podcast in third person um, today. No, I'm good, man. I'm good. I am uh, I am pretty beat, to be honest with you. I had a long weekend, a fun weekend, but a long weekend. Uh, like three friends' birthdays, just, uh, you know, one of those weekends where you wake up on Sunday and are, you know, feeling yeah. the consequences of your own actions. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I, you get it. I would imagine yeah. a lot of folks are in that same that same boat right now, um, especially with the, the time change. I'm just kind of – we're both, uh, we're both in, in weird mode. This is going to be a weird episode because we're both, we're both feeling weird today. Yeah. Um, we have, uh, as I as I said, I, a pretty, I would say, impactful, a pretty loaded slate of games to talk about here. A lot happening uh, yesterday in college football. We're going to focus almost entirely on Saturday as we go through this, the weeknight games uh, we've either talked about or there just wasn't really enough going on to merit us going back to. Uh, so we're going to focus largely on Saturday, and there's plenty to talk about. But before we do that, I am going to tell you about homefieldapparel.com. If you use the code Meet at Midfield, you can get 15% off your first purchase. And the things you can purchase over there are shirts, are jogger pants, are sweatshirts, bomber jackets. They've got hats. Um, new collection of hats I think they just put out recently. They have all kinds of new stuff over there, and they have it, of course, for just about every single college team, every single school that you could really ask for. All kinds of cool stuff, cool designs, shirts, bomber jackets, as I said. Um, and uh, if you have somehow not already purchased some home field apparel stuff, go on over there and use that code Meet at Midfield for 15% off of your first purchase. Um, Ryan, do you want to tell people about Meet at Midfield real quick? Of course, that is our website. Uh, it is the internet's best college football website. Many people are saying that. Um, you know, we're being discussed in, um, you know, reputable sources like uh, the Desiree Times, the Times of Jerusalem. Yeah. Um, we're being talked about in Al Jazeera. Um, yeah. There are write ups coming in. Uh, <laughs> I don't really, I kind of ran out of jokes there. Yeah. Uh, and, and, you know, Rhodesian times, they're getting some, some writing up on us. Yeah. Well, uh, you did that big, <laughs> you did that big cover story with, of course, I know you were all up in that. <laughs> you and, you and Alan Dershowitz, you did a, a cover story for. <laughs> is, that, is, that a, is that a publication? I think it used to be. It was on a, it was on a Truman on uh, episode this past week. And so I have that in we my We might brain. want to take that one out. That is a, that is like a direct slur. We might want to take that out of the podcast. Okay. Oh boy. <laughs> do, do you want to riff again with a different one and just pick up? Uh, no, I'll just blank it out. I'll just blank the whole thing out and people won't know what we were talking about. It'll be fine. So anyway, meet at midfield. It's <laughs> uh, at midfield. Um, it's our college football website. <laughs> it was a magazine. I don't know what to tell you. Unless I was lied to by another podcast. It was a magazine. I think you're, I think you're being lied to. I don't know about all that. Oh, fuck. I don't know about oh. all that. Oh. <laughs> um yeah alan dershowitz is writing about me at midfield.com he's one of our top donors mm-hmm. um we write about college football uh we podcast about college football including this podcast obviously but also uh, our ohio state podcast high street freaks we have premium episodes twice a week 
Um, there is a lot of great content on there. Uh, the articles, Sunday Hangover Weekly, you have your weekly Scheme Standouts column and a bunch of other great stuff. Uh, we have our friends Taylor and Kevin who do great work in Ohio State, Michigan. Uh, the message board is the real crown jewel of the site. It is crazy active right about now. Um, yeah, man, it's a great time to be a part of the site. I mean, everything with the Michigan investigation going on, uh, obviously the close, all these conference title races, the James Madison bowl eligibility chase, the uh, a lot of other stuff going on there. Uh, the boards are popping. It's a great time to come join, and uh, you guys should come join us. Yeah, we've got uh, all kinds of stuff to talk about over there, and we're going to talk about it on here as well. We're going to start Saturday at noon, the big game here would have to be Texas 33, Kansas State 30 in overtime. Um, this was a really strange one because Kansas State was down significantly for a large chunk of this game and seemed like it was pretty much not going to do anything. <laughs> it looked like Texas was going to roll here. Um, and, uh, you know, Malik Murphy had been playing pretty well to open the game, and Kansas State just didn't really have anything going. Um, I think it was like... Uh, it was it was twenty seven fourteen heading into the fourth quarter, and then um, well actually it was it was even worse than that it was twenty seven to seven with zero seconds left in the third quarter. Kansas State scores right at the end of the third quarter and then scores two more times within the next two and a half minutes, uh, thanks to a pair of Texas turnovers, and just like that is right back in the game. But uh, can't close it out. They can't get it done. They came so, so close. They came within. There was a missed extra point. There was a missed field goal. There were any number of things in this game that had they gone the other way, Kansas State would have won. Um, They get the comeback, but they do not get the win. Uh, Frustrating, I would would say. Frustrating because I really, they probably should have gotten it done here, given how badly Texas freaked it in the fourth quarter. Um, And they just don't. Just little things. Just don't take advantage when they have the opportunity, and that has been an issue for Kansas State all season. It's just, just, just short of, of you know, being what they really probably could and and should be. Yeah, I, I guess I'm I'm curious here to talk about at the end of the game as well. Uh, obviously, the game went to overtime after uh, Kansas State made that late field goal to send it there. Uh, their kicker Chris Tennant kind of had a weird day. Yes, he did. Um, like you mentioned, mi- missed extra point, missed field goal, but also made that long field goal to send it yeah. to overtime. And, and the extra point, um, I'll, I'll say, was not really his fault. I think it was a bad snap, and they just kind of they couldn't get it off, um, which is not necessarily on the kicker. But the missed chip, of shot, course, not, certainly yeah. the yeah. missed chip shot was certainly his fault. <laughs> you got to hit that. He was like twenty three yards away. Yeah. Well, I guess that brings me to my question: Is like, how do you feel about the way Kansas State handled overtime here? I, uh, I know I know we talk pretty frequently like you know about the idea of if you have a chance to end the game and you're the underdog go do it right yeah. and go get the win but but I feel like the way Kansas State have been playing through the fourth quarter and even into overtime where they held Texas to one yard on, on their overtime possession and they came out there and was driving down I, I felt like going for it was kind of a weird choice in overtime there I feel like you kind yeah. of I know you don't trust your kicker a ton in that moment based on the first mischief shot but I, I feel like you kind of have to live to fight to the next overtime there. Yeah, I, I think that, like, I, I can't really fault Chris Kleiman for going for it because, like you said, we do so often say if you're the underdog and you're in overtime, just go for it, try to win the game. Um, you know, they, they were on the road and, and all of that stuff is is true. And traditionally under those circumstances, yeah, you would want to try and end the game right there. But 
the context is is twofold. One, that Texas had been playing like shit for the for, for the entire basically the entire second half, but specifically the fourth quarter, did not get anything going to start the overtime period. Um, managed one yard on three plays and then kicked a forty-two yard field goal. And uh, and Kansas State had been moving. They had been moving the ball on offense. They had been stopping Texas's offense consistently. Um, they gained 19 yards on their first play of overtime. And then you have – so that context of you're playing better, you don't yeah. need to necessarily – And Malik Murphy was turning the ball over at yeah. will, basically. Yeah, you yeah. had been the better team for the, the last however many minutes of the game. And then the additional context of the the three plays that preceded the fourth down try – um, Will Howard rushed for two yards, Will Howard incomplete pass, Will Howard incomplete pass, and then on fourth down, Will Howard incomplete pass. Don't do that. Don't make him, like, he's not good enough to go and do that. If he's already failed twice, don't make him do it a third time. Do something else. If you're going to go for it on fourth and goal, and you have already seen Will Howard throw two incompletions, do something different. Go, or don't have him throw back-to-back times, back-to-back-to-back times eventually, when you have an offense that is dynamic like this one and, and that can gain yards on the ground, are you telling me you don't have a play that can get four yards? You Come on. This is not, I, I don't, the, the, the play calling down the stretch here really did not make sense because I think that Will Howard passing is pretty comfortably the worst thing that this team has, um, or at least this offense. Well, I don't know why that would be the guy who you put the ball and you know you put the ball in his hands for four straight plays on the goal line. Give it to somebody else. Get it. Get it in somebody more talented's hands. Yeah, a hundred percent. I mean, hundred percent. That's the way I came away feeling. Is is it just? Uh, I don't know, man. It seems like he did not have it at the end of the game to me. Uh, obviously, that was borne out by the fact, as you said, he missed those three straight throws to end the game. I don't love any of the play design on those. Yeah. Um, obviously, Avery Johnson did not do much this game. He wasn't really a factor either. Uh, he just kind of straight up did not contribute really in this game. Yeah, uh, it was it was almost entirely Howard, and I don't think Howard played poorly. You know, the kid had 327 yards and four touchdowns, but they did not have anything going on that goal line drive. And I yeah. think you're just better off taking the points there and trying again to hit an explosive against this Texas defense and over not explosive, but you know scoring from a little further out with a little more space in the next possession. Um, you know, forcing Leak Murphy turnover, winning with a field goal. I, I just don't love the choice they made. Yeah, I, I think that, like, and they didn't, I know they didn't run the ball well in this game. They also basically had to stop running the ball because they were down by so much. Um, but you have, you know, the probably the best run blocking line in the Big 12. Um, you have one of the best offensive linemen in the country. I just, and you've had creative play design for years. I have to imagine you could get one. I have to imagine you could find a way to get a play that breaks through on the ground and get into the end zone. And if you don't, then yeah, probably kick a field goal and live to play another down because you're playing better. Um, frustrating. I, I, I can understand where they were coming from. I can't really fault them for the decision, but I don't love the way that they went about it, essentially. Yeah, yeah, I tend to agree with it here. Um, and also in like a larger sense here, Texas winning this one, it kind of feels like they are home home free to the difficult parts of their schedule, right? Yeah. I think we kind of talked about this um, as we got into October initially, that like their, their stretch where they had, you know, Kansas, Oklahoma, BYU, Kansas State in a five-game period, that was the toughest part of the schedule uh, after they got past Bama. Yeah. Um, you know, and looking ahead here, Texas only has at TCU, at Iowa State, home against Texas Tech. Iowa State's been – decent this year right they're five and four they've had some really ugly games and pretty strong ones too yeah uh tcu and texas tech both suck outright um 
it seems like Texas is going to go into the Big 12 championship game uh, with an 11-1 record and will probably end up playing Oklahoma State. We'll talk about that later. We'll see. Yeah. Um, They're going to have a real crack at the playoff here, it seems like. Yeah, and I would guess if the past uh, history of the Big 12 is any indication, they will lose that game um, because that seems to be what happens every single season <laughs> in this conference is that they send a two- or three-loss team to the championship game against a one-loss team, and then the one-loss team loses in excruciating fashion, and then nobody gets to go. That would be my assumption of what's going to happen to Texas because that happens every year. Um, that is what the Big 12 likes to do, and they're just going to keep on doing it, even without Texas I think, and Oklahoma. They're just going to find new teams to do it with um also at noon here clemson 31 notre dame 23 uh, i'm gonna be honest with you ryan i did not watch a ton of this football game because i don't like watching either one of these teams play and uh it looks like my decision here was pretty correct because this is ugly this is an ugly football game i went back and watched the the, the extended cut um it sucked it was a shitty football game <laughs> it was not good no it was really much it was very much not good i uh I watched a fair bit of the fourth quarter, but I also was a little preoccupied here yeah. watching Texas, Kansas State, and Ohio State Rutgers. That fourth um, quarter, that fourth quarter took forever to end. It was just like like Clemson had the game won like three or four times, and then Notre Dame just kept getting the ball back. I don't know how it just it just like every way you could possibly do it, Clemson did it. They had a fumble that set Notre Dame back up. They uh, somehow gave them the ball again after that. It just, it felt like they had three or four times that they won the game and then Notre Dame was right back on the field. Yeah. Yeah. It did feel that way. I mean, the answer is both these quarterbacks were horrible, right? Uh, They were a combined 26 of 56 for four and a half yards in attempt with three interceptions between them. Mm -hmm. Um, These guys were just dog shit. I mean, the difference of the game is that, uh, I, I don't really know what I, I, I think Notre Dame was just like shit its pants even worse, maybe. Yeah. Uh, they lost the turnover margin and that was probably all it took. Um, I don't know. I mean, it's a one possession game. Uh, the fourth quarter was horrendous. No points scored in the fourth. Notre Dame kind of got into a hole and couldn't dig themselves out because they're not built to play that way. Um, getting themselves in a hole in the first place was fairly surprising. I did not expect the Clemson rushing attack to do as well as it did against Notre Dame. Yeah. Um, 176 yards on the ground, and if you take out sack yards, I mean, Phil Moffa had 186 himself. Yeah. It was, uh, it was pretty much it, just Phil Moffa. The, the offense was largely just Phil Moffa. He carried, like, yeah, on, was it, on 36 times? Teams. It was just Phil Moffa. Phil yeah. Moffa was playing both ways for both teams. Yeah, of course. Yeah. He was the only running back in the game. <laughs> he was really the only offensive player in the game. It was just him. Yeah, it's like when you have uh, when you have a uh, like you're playing backyard football as a kid and you have the all time quarterback. Yeah, uh, that's kind of what Phil Moffat was doing before running backs. Yeah, yeah. he had 97 carries. That was very, that was very nice. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> nope. uh, yeah, I mean, Clemson had that pick six from Jeremiah Trotter Jr., who had an unbelievable day. That was one of the best. Like, in, I'll, I'll say, like, not there's not a lot of fun takeaways this game or enjoyable football. Yeah, he did ball out. I mean, he was very impressive. The kid had two sacks, two and a half tackles for a loss. 11 tackles overall and a pick six. Um, I mean, yeah. that he had a game-winning kind of day. Like, someone had to step up to win that game, and it was basically him who did it. Yep. Um, that's pretty much the whole story. We are done with Notre Dame. We are done with Clemson. We do not have to think about these teams the rest of the year. Thank God. They will not play in any real bowl games. Uh, they won't matter to any larger, uh, you know, conference title matches or whatever. It's They're done. It's yeah. over. We're free. We're free. We don't have to worry about them anymore. Uh, Ole Miss 38, Texas A&M 35 is next up on the board here. Ole Miss drives down and wins it late. Uh, Texas A&M 
had the lead with it was like four minutes left goes down and takes the lead it might have been even less than that i don't have the exact um let me see i'll pull it up yeah 434 yeah, uh, 434 yeah. left in the fourth quarter texas a&m goes down and takes the lead uh less than uh less than three minutes later ole miss takes it back and ultimately holds on for a three-point victory i i don't know man i mean ole miss has one loss they're still technically alive in the playoff race i think that that will be uh, do not look at who they play next yeah, week. Yeah, I think that uh, will probably be taken care of <laughs> shorter than, you know, sooner than later, but they are there. They are still in that that conversation. I just don't think they're good. I I have to preface that by saying that yes, I know they have one loss. I know they're in the playoff conversation. They this is not a team you need to play to this close of a game. Texas A&M did not play well and isn't good. I don't you have to you have to struggle specifically to let them be in the game this long when you're playing at home. I just, I don't really know that, I, I think Ole Miss is just kind of there. I think they're just one of those teams that the schedule has broken out in such a way and, and the, the, the bounces have gone such a way that they have a, a record that is far better than they deserve because I think those teams just kind of there. There's really nothing here that is terribly impressive to me. They moved the ball on a defense that doesn't have any cornerbacks and they couldn't stop a bad offense. They're just not very good. Yeah, what is up with everyone in the Big Ten West losing all of their cornerbacks? Uh, A&M has basically lost, what, like their top three guys? LSU lost their top four? Yeah. What's up with this? What, what are we doing here? What's wrong with the S&C? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. It was something, something, to, something to investigate. There's somebody is somebody is picking off cornerbacks at a, at a frightening rate in the conference. Yeah, um, yeah I, I don't have... I, I, I do think Jackson Dart played pretty well. Yeah. Uh, I'll give him credit there. I mean... Uh, he they faced some pressure, but only allowed one sack. And he did pretty well avoiding that pressure. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was twenty four of thirty three for three hundred eighty seven yards and two touchdowns, almost twelve yards an attempt. Um, very impressive day from him. He's been, I think, he's shown a lot of real growth this season. Like I think he's he looks like a better version of the previous Jackson Dart years we've seen. Yeah, um, which is still not like a Heisman winning quarterback or anything, but it is a pretty damn good college starter. Yeah, um, Big which is kind from, of what his uh... career feels. Like. Big game from yeah. Trey Harris as well on the receiving end of, of those yeah. passes. Yeah, oh, 100%. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. I, um, I, I know we I talk, don't know, man. It's. I know we've talked about this so many times this season and in the offseason. Why is Spencer Sanders here? <laughs> what is, why is baffling. He, why is he here? Why did he do that? Oklahoma State has been doing, has been, you know, having a, a really good second half of the season here without him. It feels like maybe they could have, they would have liked to have him around. Why did he do this? What, what you wanted to go be the backup at Ole Miss? That's a very strange decision. He was a multi-year starter. Why is he here? Yeah, I don't understand. I, I guessing he was told he compete for the starting job, and and you know I think there is some there was some talk that Oklahoma State had kind of been tired of him, yeah. like kind of what he did, which I, I get. Yeah, um, I don't blame them, but still, he but, was he was a multi-year yeah, starter, really, and now he's on the bench. It's it's strange. Maybe he, he was just banking on Jackson Dart injuries. Uh, yeah. It seems like they do happen every year, Yeah, but uh, kind of a weird transfer strategy. There's a lot of schools <laughs> that need starters. Not that yeah. many good quarterbacks out there. Yeah. Um, you probably could have done a little bit yeah. better than this, yeah, than this situation, I feel like, but what do I know? Probably. Yeah, maybe some bad. Probably, maybe pretty bizarre. Um, yeah, I don't know. Like you said, Ole Miss is, Ole Miss is 8-1. They are in the mix. Um, I guess if they beat Georgia next week, things get pretty funky, huh? It's, it's not yeah. going to happen. Yeah, almost certainly not. But Georgia also didn't light the world on fire. We'll talk about them in the afternoon slate, um, or evening slate, afternoon, afternoon. Um, but uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, Ole Miss is hanging around. They're a top ten team for now. 
Yep. Uh, Big Ten, we've got a series of games here. First up is Ohio State 35, Rutgers 16. Um, yeah, I mean, it's the same. <laughs> it's the same game. We've seen it. I, 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 Ohio State manages to pull away later on here, uh, as it is wont to do in the second half. But just plotting, I would say, offensively in the first half. And, and I don't really know that there was anything new here. Just kind of looks the same. The, the rushing attack has improved. The defense is good. The passing game is what it is, and it's limited yeah. because Kyle McCord's just not very good. Um, I think that's about. I, I didn't. I think that's about yeah, one hundred percent. Yeah, I didn't check to see the accurate, but I did see someone tweet that it was the first time Rutgers ever led Ohio State after the first drive of the first quarter, <laughs> um, in their ten games played. So that's kind of funny. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, like you said, um, Kyle McCord is just not good enough. That That is the problem with the Ohio State offense. Um, people are going to lie to you and kind of look at the the overall numbers and say, oh, the second half's been great, yada, yada, when they're playing like relatively bad teams or teams that know they can't win because their offense can't move the ball consistently. Uh-huh. Um, although to Rutgers credit, they did put up some yards here. Um, but... Yeah, I mean, look, McCord sucks in the first half. He's terrible. If he does this against a serious team, they're going to you know, be playing from behind the entire second half. And Ohio State teams that are Ryan Day are traditionally not very good at that because they're not very mentally tough. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I don't know. It's it's a Kyle McCord problem. Um, he, I, I know like you can look at his act. He, he, like, I don't know. Dude, I'm trying to put my brain together here. But he feels a bit like Will Levis to me in, in some regard where you may look at his like stats over the course of a season – and he's like, you know, 68% completion rate. You might think, oh, it's a pretty accurate quarterback. Yeah. And you see, it's like, oh, he has, you know, 35 interceptions in, in four games. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> yeah, it's like McCord's bad throws are just so bad and so stupid that you do wonder what he's doing or what he's thinking. Yeah. Um, he had a few others where he just like, like he, when he, when he misses a throw, he tends to miss it on the most important throws, like ones downfield. Yeah. Um, or, or an easy screen pass. The intermediary throws, he's, to be rock solid like if you give him like a 20 yard crosser he's hitting that every time um but if you ask him to like you know find marvin harrison with like a safety over the top down the sideline you know his ass is throwing at five yards short and trying to get someone hurt yeah um he loves to do that if there's a safety breaking over the middle he's going to find that safety yeah uh it is it is his specialty um yeah he just sucks man that's the problem here but like you said the running game got better the defense probably had its like worst day of the season. Uh, it's two of its like three best players were out. Um, you know, Lathan Ransom and Denzel Burke were hurt. Um, both are expected back by the important games at the end of the year, but um, you know, they were out today. I think Ohio State had at times there were four different true freshmen playing like first team reps in the secondary mm. uh, and an 18 year old sophomore. Um, so I'm not going to take a ton away from them having not the greatest day on like you know yardage whenever they did still hold Rutgers under, uh, you know, under 5.3 yards of play uh, and to 16 points. I do think Greg Schiano refusing to go for it. Any of his four trips inside the 10 or mm-hmm. sorry on his first three trips inside the 10 um, was cowardly and not a way to beat Ohio state. Obviously you're like, yeah. I mean, that's something ridiculous. They got inside the 10 three times in the first half and kicked three chip shot field goals. <laughs> not very bright he's just not very bright i think is the problem with uh with greg um yeah Yeah. i i I am uh i'll say not like i'm not like you know sounding the alarm on it yet but 
I have seen enough um, M- Mickey Marotti style individuals at Ohio State. I have seen enough Novembers go wrong because of injuries that just don't really seem to heal that I will say I am concerned about the defense starting to rack up injuries because this is this has happened before at Ohio State where minor injuries become not very minor injuries because they don't have this all the stuff that we've talked about for years in the strength and conditioning department. They just don't and the the medical side, they just don't rehabilitate guys very well. I would be concerned about that uh, just in general, um, not to the point. Yeah, I mean, like I, a, I am. Yeah. Yeah. Not to the point where it's like, <laughs> oh, shit, they're fucked, but to the point where it's like, uh, we'll see how minor those are because <laughs> they've. Right. I've heard that a lot of times before, and they're usually not actually that minor for Ohio State. They seem to – minor injuries become major injuries very easily for this program. And I think the frustrating part is they kind of keep trying to put lesser players on the field instead of kind of organizing a little better with the with the players they do have. Yeah. Like to me, it seems based on their personnel, like when Denzel Burke is healthy, the the best formation for Ohio State is to have Tommy Eikenberg at Mike. It's always a four down front. We have to expect that. But Tommy Eikenberg at Mike, uh Sonny Styles at Sam, and then three corners in the field with two safeties. Like if they're if they're doing that, that is their best defense. Yeah. Um, they just seem to constantly want to find a way to get Steel Chambers and Cody Simon, who are bad, onto the field um, because of their preconceived notions about like which linebacker should be used to the skill set of certain linebackers. And it really does hurt them because those guys are like not in the top, I don't know, 11, 12, 13, 14 defenders that Ohio State has. They're just yeah. not that good of players. Yeah. Um, they can't tackle and they don't run fit very well, which is a problem. Um, and they just keep playing them. Yeah. So. I don't expect the change. I think it's kind of just is what it is. The defense has largely been very good this season, and I'm not going to raise too much of a stink about it. But yeah, if the injuries, you know, if they don't have Lathan and Denzel Burke out there to cover up for some of the mistakes of of the linebacking core, um, makes me a little bit anxious for sure. Yeah, because it hasn't been that long. It's been one year since we saw Ohio State go into November with an extremely good defense and then kind of lose steam down the stretch. It's just something. This is a different one than that one. I'll say, I'll say really, I mean, this is a different one than that one. Yeah, obviously. Issues of it. It is still, it's notable that it did just, it did just happen um, and has happened before for Ohio State. Uh, Anyway, rest of the Big Ten here at noon, and then we will move on to the afternoon. Uh, Four, four, three games, uh, Indiana, yeah. yeah, Indiana 20, Wisconsin 14, Michigan State 20, Nebraska 17, Illinois 27, Minnesota 26. Um, the as we said on the uh, on the premium show last week, the Big Ten West. There is no point to. There's no point in looking at it. There's no point in trying to predict it because every team will fuck up at least two or three more times before the season ends. Here you go, three of them stepping up and 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 uh, really. Just knock it out of the park with regards to fucking up. Iowa very nearly did it as well in its win over Nebraska. But yeah. uh, this week... Over Northwestern. The, yeah. yeah, Northwestern, that's right. This week, the, uh, the the joy of fucking up goes to Wisconsin, Nebraska, and Minnesota. Um, this this uh, this division stinks. I don't I don't have anything specific to say about any of these games other than uh, we told you so about Illinois being fine. They're fine. They've got it figured out. They're fine. Um, but these games these games stink. I uh, I did not I did not pay a ton of attention to these other than the end of them when they all lost, which was which was a a funny couple of minutes there. Yeah, I do think it looks like relatively likely that they could have six bowl eligible teams like none of whom end up with more than eight wins yeah uh, or nine wins like just uh, six identical teams who you know had one score games go different ways based on the week um kind of funny i don't know if, if you take out purdue 
Uh, there have been, I believe, 10 intra-division games between non-Purdue Big Ten West teams. Yeah. And eight of them were one-score games. Um, <laughs> and it just, like, there and, and the other two, like, the, the com- average point total was 24 points per game. Uh, like, you're just getting low-scoring, bad football games, a lot of punts, where one or two plays swing the outcome. Yep. It happens every week. Yep. Um, It, it kind of just is who they are. I mean, I don't know. Iowa's probably going to win the division, I, I guess, but... Who knows? They'll probably fuck up again, too. Yep. All right, let's move now into the afternoon slate. Uh, we've got uh, a couple games here, some some really big ones. But to start things off, we have, I think, if not the weirdest result of the season, the most surprising result of the season, most most certainly the most surprising result of the day. That would be Army 23, Air Force 3. Air Force knocked from the ranks of the unbeaten um, certainly not from the, the ranks of the top 25 as well, I'm sure. Um, and, uh, just, I mean, it, I, I, I don't know what to say about this one. It was, it was shocking. It was not a, like, I, I would, uh, I would say, oh, we were, we were, you know, oh, I was wrong. Oh, we were wrong. But like, I don't think that there was anybody in the world who thought that this was going to happen other than maybe the army players. Um, there was, yeah, and even then, maybe not. Yeah. yeah, there was no reason to think that this would be the outcome. And if you just look at like the the you know general way that the game went, the first downs, the yardage, stuff like that, you would th- and the penalties. Army had eleven penalties for one hundred nineteen yards. You would think, oh well, Air Force probably won the game. Um, no, <laughs> they didn't. They didn't really come all that close. And I think that the answer for why is very simple. Ryan, they turned the ball over six times. They had two interceptions and four fumbles. Um, You're not going to win a whole lot of football games as any team when you do that. You're certainly not going to do it as Air Force in a game against another service academy. You can't turn the ball over six times. That It's just... No, it's insane. One of those days, I guess. Just very disappointing from Air Force, but also like... I think if you did this game 10 or 9 more times, they'd probably win all 9 because you're not usually going to turn the ball over 6 goddamn times. That's ridiculous. That's so many times to turn the ball over. And they were, you know, they were playing from behind yeah. all game and they were passing a bunch because they were playing from behind. They just just a a baffling baffling football game where pretty much everything that could have gone wrong for Air Force went wrong. Um, they had negative 20.3 points of turnover luck in this game. That was the, It was the difference. It was the entire difference of the game was that they turned the ball over six fucking times. Yeah, yeah. I mean, putting the ball on the ground five times in four of them is just unimaginable. Like, yeah. I, I don't know. Like, putting the ball on the ground five times, period. Insane. Unheard of. They don't do it. It never happens. Yeah. But then losing four or five is also oh fucking God. ridiculous. It's yeah. um, one of the most unlucky days I've ever seen in football. Yeah. Yep. I, I don't, I don't really know. That I mean, I have anything else to say. Yeah. yeah there's nothing else to add to it. Like, just one yeah. of those days, I guess. <laughs> you just, you tip the hat. Anything can happen when these, you know, when the service academies meet, the margins are small. And yeah, if you turn the ball over six times, it's probably not going to be in your favor. And I would guess that that will continue yeah. to be the case for it, all of time. You don't want to do it, that. It wasn't, and it wasn't even like the crazy part too, is like where the fumbles happen kept resulting in scores. Yeah. Um. I, I mean, like army had, 253 yards of offense yeah uh and you know air force had i think 259 like (laughs) it was just fumbling the ball in your own territory constantly as well which Mm -hmm. doesn't help very much um just a really really fucking bad day for them 
Yeah, uh, pretty... gave up one explosive, turned it over six times. That's the game. That, that's all there is. Yeah, they, they yeah. pretty much saved all of their worst plays for when they were either pinned deep in their own territory or about to score. Those that was when they had the disasters were were you know like in within the twenty yard lines, which is not where you want to do that. You're gonna if you're gonna turn the ball over, do it at the forty. Like <laughs> just you don't not on the goal line and not in your own in your you know in the shadow of your own goalpost. They just picked. It could not have possibly gone any worse. It was every single thing that could have gone wrong did for for Air Force. Um, that, yeah, I don't know. Uh, very, very weird football game. Next up here, Georgia 30, Missouri 21. Uh, we referenced it earlier. I, I think Missouri played fairly well here. Um, couldn't get it done down the stretch. Georgia ultimately makes more plays and, and is able to get the turnovers, I think just the turnover, they had a they, they had an interception that pretty much ended the game, um, make the plays yeah. that they needed Too to late. go and yeah. Uh, yeah, two of them uh, to go, to go two and Two picks from Brady Cook on, on Missouri's final two possessions. Yeah. yeah. Yep, that was it. That was pretty much the difference was that Georgia made the winning plays and Missouri had the chance and did not. Um, but I thought Missouri played pretty well in, in general. Georgia was just better. They were better situationally, and when the game was, was on the, you know, on the line down the stretch, they were better, which is not terribly surprising. I, I, I think that this was this was about to form. This was pretty much what we were what we were expecting to see here, and that's what we got. Yeah, I guess I'll say the Missouri defense played better than I expected them to. Yeah. Um I mean they held Georgia to three hundred eighty five yards of offense, which is not like the lowest total in the world, but for Missouri's defense is pretty fucking good. Yeah. Um they'll take that every day. Uh, yeah, it, it's, I'm sure it's things for Missouri fans, but also, like you said, it was the expected outcome. Um, I, I don't think there, there were any like standout, uh, I, I don't know. I don't think I saw anyone who like took the game over. Yeah. You know what I mean? It kind of just was yeah. a day that happened where Georgia made a few plays that were different and Missouri didn't. And that yeah. was kind of it. Yeah. Um, I don't really have a ton to add to this. I mean, I think I think Georgia's offensive line had kind of a bad day, all like relatively speaking for them. Um, you know, only averaged four yards a carry, gave up three sacks, uh, which are pretty, you know, pedestrian numbers for everybody else, but by their standards against this defensive line are not very good. Yeah. Um, but I don't really have a ton of takeaways about this game, just then Yeah. Yeah, we thought that would happen and it happened. Yeah, I, I, I guess I would say that like the only other thing I have is that Georgia Again, relative to Georgia standards, they haven't lost in <laughs> two years. It's been a minute. Um, looked fairly mortal, which we have not really seen a ton of in like their bigger games this year when they were playing against an opponent that that was, I guess, worthy of them showing up. Um, this was the you know the the closest it has been in one of those games. They kicked the shit out of Florida. They 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 kicked the shit out of Kentucky. Um, there might be another one in there that I'm forgetting. But like this, Missouri played well and I think got a pretty good shot from from Georgia here and still handled itself pretty well. Um, which, which makes me think that the games forthcoming for Georgia against Ole Miss and against Tennessee could be interesting. This was the, this was a, a, a game where it's like, okay, maybe they, maybe, you know, without losing Brock Bowers does not make them bad, but it does take away an extra level where they can just kill you if you're a competent opponent, um, which like Florida isn't. Um, that, that was really right. the only other thing that I, that I got from, from this is that Georgia might without Bowers might just not have that extra level they're still good enough to win all those games but they're a little bit more gettable well i'll say this i'm worried it's a little bit too little too late in that, that regard be, because yeah. this is kind of over like in order for 
the race to, to Atlanta to not be decided next week. You need Alabama to lose at Kentucky and Tennessee to win at Missouri and Ole Miss to win at Georgia. Yeah. Um, so, so I guess you're probably banking on three double digit upsets or something close to it. Mm-hmm. Um, probably not going to happen. No, probably, <laughs> I, think I, I'm more, I think it's too yeah. late. I think they let them off the hook. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm more talking for like playoff implications because if Georgia loses between now and and you know the SEC championship game, the team that loses that game would be out rather than it being a chance where both yeah. of them get in. Um, which sure. is, which yeah. would be great. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure that'll be fun. It's going to be really different than every season, which is. <laughs> really cool kind of weighing on me this week that it's just going to be the same it's going to be the same thing as it always i know uh, well yeah probably but i know i'm going to sound like a rube here for raising the possibility but i just want to throw it out there that if we end with three undefeated conference champions and 12 and one texas uh with atlanta or sorry with alabama winning the sec championship in atlanta at 12 and one alabama will not get in okay uh they will not put them in over texas to beat them head to head they don't seem and to, they three don't seem undefeated to care all that much about the, the head-to-head, but I don't know. I think we'll they couldn't see. do it, man. A two-score loss at home, yeah. like I don't know. Yeah, we'll see. Uh, Penn State fifty-one, Maryland fifteen. Uh, it's the. I mean, this is yeah. This is Penn State, Maryland. It looks about like what I thought it would look like. <laughs> Drew Aller, pretty good game here, but Maryland is just done. They are done. They're ready to go home. Their season has has been over and remains over. They look uh, listless. They've got nothing going on. Yeah, one of the most pathetic laydowns I've seen, even from Maryland, in a long time. Yeah. Um, I don't know, man. Like they just do not give a fuck right now. Are they even gonna make a bowl game? Uh, I mean, they, they they have to go on the road to Nebraska and Rutgers. They're gonna lose to Michigan, obviously. Yeah. Uh, at home, uh, they have to go on the road and win either at Nebraska or at Rutgers to make a bowl game. I don't know how much faith I have in them doing that. They lost at Northwestern at home against Illinois. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, man. I don't know. These guys suck. If they have any, if they have any pride left, I guess you can get the back against the wall win, right? Like that. It's not impossible to imagine that, but yeah, they suck. They're they're playing like shit, and I don't know that they do have any pride. We'll see. Um, Louisville thirty-four, Virginia Tech three. Just comprehensive, really comprehensive, impressive from Louisville taking care of business. And now, uh, pretty firmly in control of that that second spot in the ACC title game. I would be surprised if it's anybody else, especially with Miami losing. Um, I would guess it's going to be Louisville, Florida State in the uh, in the ACC title game with probably a playoff bid on the line. Um, really impressive season from from Jeff Brom and from the uh, the the Cardinals here. Yeah, yeah. There are um, there are five teams uh, behind Louisville. Sorry, six teams behind Louisville. Uh, with two losses in the conference, and they have already beaten five of them. Yeah. Um, Damn. So, as, as yeah. <laughs> That's a crazy <laughs> So, as stat. long as they don't – it is nuts. Yeah. If, the only scenario they can miss out is if they lose a game or, or multiple and North Carolina wins out. Mm-hmm. Uh, they don't play North Carolina this season. Um, so, then it would go down to tiebreakers. Um, I assume that not every other team who has two losses will – lose a game i, I don't know what we'll just it had to see a play out basically um it will come down to tiebreakers but i'm pretty it feels pretty much like louisville safe here and we are going to look at 11 and 1 louisville uh versus 12 and 0 florida state in the ac title which is pretty fun yeah didn't get to see them play this regular season but we will get that uh we'll get that chance probably in december um yeah also worth noting they did it without jamari thrash right he didn't play in this game if i recall correctly yeah i think so um 
yeah, didn't so. didn't seem to hurt them too much. They figured it out. <laughs> they they got they no. got through, which is impressive. You gotta sometimes you got to do it without your your best players, and they really did not mm-hmm. did not struggle. Uh, Virginia Tech was not up for the occasion, but what are you gonna do? Uh, Oklahoma State twenty seven, Oklahoma twenty four. Here the final uh, bedlam, at least as Big Twelve opponents. Probably ever, because I don't think Oklahoma is going to have any interest in playing this game again, especially with the way that it ended, which is with Oklahoma State knocking them out of the playoff. Um, feel good story. Really good. <laughs> feel yeah. good story of the day uh, for me, at least, is Oklahoma State uh, going and doing it, going and getting it done. Mike Gundy win, wins in Bedlam in the last one. It is. Um, it's very funny that that is the way that it will end. Uh, and we not, all believed in him. We, yeah, all, we, we all knew it the whole time. We all knew he was going to do it. We all had total faith in Mike. Um, yeah, dude, they just they just did it. They were better. They they were absolutely better here. Um, I thought Alan Bowman played his ass off. Maybe the best game he has ever played. Um, Ollie Gordon was obviously great as he as he has been. They Oklahoma did a good job of keeping him from going totally nuts, but he still went nuts enough to help Oklahoma State's offense move the ball. Um, and yeah, then, 155 total yards for him. Yeah, and then just defensively, they just make the plays that they needed to make and uh, and, and lock this one down. I, just, I I could not be more surprised or more impressed with what Oklahoma State has done here from from what looked like a total dead on arrival season. They are good. They're full on good, and they they absolutely deserved this this win in the moment that they got here. Uh, they were up for it, and and Oklahoma was not. Uh, this was not this was not just a case of Oklahoma playing poorly. I thought Oklahoma was relatively good here, at least for their own for their own standards. Oklahoma State just beat them. They were better. Uh, that's um, I was not expecting that a couple weeks ago. I don't think, I don't think anybody was, and uh, they are they're as good as anybody in the country right now in terms of of you know, being hot, being on it. They have they've got it yeah. rolling. Yeah, and in the, their last five games since that loss to Iowa State, they back to back losses against South Alabama and to Iowa State on the road. Uh, they have won five in a row, and four of those are against teams that are six and three or better. Man, um, they are red hot. They uh, also. Now sit tied atop the conference with Texas. Uh, both are five and one in the league. And there are five teams behind Oklahoma State, much like Louisville, as we were talking about, five teams that are a game behind Oklahoma State, and they are four and one against those teams. Yeah. Um, so unless Iowa State like wins out and they get some help, uh, and Oklahoma State were to lose somehow to UCF, Houston, or BYU, which I do not see happening. Yeah. Um, they're kind of home free. I mean, like it looks like it's gonna be a pretty clear Texas versus Oklahoma state big 12 championship game. Uh, it feels almost like a foregone conclusion at this point. Yep. Yep. And, uh, just, uh, really the, the way that they did it, man, where you get, they, they had the, they had the lead. Oklahoma goes down, kicks a field goal, pulls within, you know, striking distance where it could go down and win the game with, uh, when it gets the ball back with like two minutes left, big completion on that first down. And then Oklahoma state just, closes it just ends the game back-to-back incompletions for dylan gabriel um you have the uh five yard gain on third down and then stops uh drake drake stoops short of the first down line to gain on fourth and five to win the game there was of course the controversial no call on the 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 pass to stoops in the end zone i think on the drive prior personally because it uh suits the team that i was hoping would win i don't care not my problem none of my business uh looked clean to me i didn't see anything but 
<laughs> it was called what it was, and Oklahoma State gets the job done. Just really, really impressive victory from from them, and impressive turnaround. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, it, it's it's awesome to see what they put together. I, I can't believe it. It's um, I mean, it's genuinely probably the most, we're going to do. I think podcasts in the off season, or at least during bowl season, about what we were right about, we were wrong about. Yeah. Um, there was probably not a single team we were more wrong on than Oklahoma State. Yeah. They, I mean, they they looked they looked dead and in the ground, and they they weren't. They figured it out. Um, yeah. Damn. <laughs> I guess um, West Virginia too. West Virginia has had a great season. Yeah. Um, I don't I don't know how strong they're going to finish, but uh, we thought they were going like two and ten. So yeah. our bad. Yep. Our uh, our bad. <laughs> uh, last one here in the afternoon. I don't have a ton to say about this one. Just wanted to note it. James Madison forty two. Georgia State fourteen. I don't think these guys are going to lose a game that they play this year. I hope they get to play a 13th game. I don't think they're going to lose that one either. Um, they are the best G5 team by a pretty wide margin. I think they would be competitive if you put them in any Power 5 league. They are tremendous. They're just tremendous. They they, they are good at everything. And they, uh, they take yeah. care of business again here. Yeah, and just to do the updater, uh, we have been tracking this uh, last couple of weeks on the message boards. Uh, meetupmidfield.com as we mentioned earlier uh, we are tracking uh, the rooting interest every single week if you want to get James Madison to a bowl game Patrick mentioned that he hopes he can play at 13th yeah. uh, the way that works is there's a clause that says bowl ineligible teams can play a bowl game uh, if uh, the FBS fails to fill the 82 bowl slots with teams that are 6 and 6 or better yeah which has happened um, pretty often recently there's, you see a lot of 5 and 7 yeah. teams in those games of, of late yeah, so currently, there are, after this past week, there are 53 teams that have already qualified for bowl games, um, and there are 21 teams that have been eliminated from bowl contention. There are 59 teams that are still in the balance, and we need no more than 28 of them to qualify for a bowl. Yep. Um, there are. It's worth noting there are five games remaining between five and four teams. That uh, Two of those games involve Nebraska, so there's a guarantee that at least three more teams will reach bowl eligibility which means we're at 56 virtually is virtually at 56 um, out of 82. So uh, need to only see 25 more teams make it. So uh, we have a list of 30 games for this week that will help advance that agenda. Yeah. Uh, I have, uh, I've written them down on the board. If you want to check out all those and follow along with the James Madison uh, bull eligibility chase and hopefully New Year's Six chase, right? That's still possible for yeah. them as well. Obviously, I, I if was they think, get in. I was thinking about that earlier. Like the the New Year's Six, uh, the bowl executives, whoever gets the G five team this year, just like watching the last week, praying for a five and six team to lose so that they can put James Madison in instead of having to go with like Tulane. Um, because I I would assume that that would be what would happen. Um, is that they would just they would want James Madison, which is better than anybody else who would be in that spot. I don't know exactly how that would work with the selection if they just have to go to the last bowl or whatever it is but if it's not that um i would assume they would be right there i i would figure that they're probably going if they get to a bowl game it'll probably be a new year's six game which is a very funny dynamic to describe yeah yeah it's great i mean it seems like for some reason i don't dislike them that much but like the committee has more respect for tulane than they should in my opinion based what we've seen so far in the season yeah uh james madison is better um I'm not convinced necessarily that Tulane is better than uh, Liberty. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Uh, there's a couple teams that are in that mix. Fresno State, Air Force will still have a shot. I think Air Force probably, mm. after that debacle, is not going to get it. But but who knows? Yeah. Uh, um, we'll see how they how they play the rest of the season. Um, 
Yeah, I mean, James Madison deserves a crack at it. I hope they get one. We'll follow along and see what happens. Yep, Saturday evening, Washington 52, USC 42. Um, shootout, as as we figured that it would be in Washington, is the better offense. USC is the worst defense, another way to say it. Um, and uh, as a fun reflection of that, Alex Grinch at long last has been deposed. It took truly an unbelievable amount of time for... <laughs> For Lincoln Riley to admit that he was wrong on Alex mm-hmm. Grinch, I don't. I mean, the the level of 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 ego and and that you, that you have to have to keep this guy around for as long as as Lincoln did, despite he he's never done anything good in his entire career. He has never been good. It's not like oh we've seen never glimpses. Once, he no. just can't figure it out. Like no, his defense has always sucked because he's a shitty coach. There was like um, one year at Washington. Washington State, where if you only look at quarterback rating allowed, they were kind of good, uh, and none of the other stats. That's about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and, uh, and and at long last, the the Grink is no longer there. He is not there. Um, he has been he has been fired for uh, a, a multitude of things. But it is very funny that this was the game that got him out against the best offense in the country. You give up fifty two points, and uh, that's that's too much. Not giving up forty nine to Cal or being shitty for five years. Uh, it's this one. This is th- this game that really doesn't really mean all that much for USC. I guess it knocks them basically out of Pac twelve contention. But like they were already not going to the playoff. Um, I guess that was just one. That was one too many. You you you've taken it too far this time, Alex Grinch, for <laughs> doing what was pretty obviously going to happen to this defense. Uh, rest in peace to a real one. He uh, he's been doing very important work for for us uh, in sabotaging Lincoln Riley for however long it is that he's been doing that. Now shout out to Alex Grinch, um, a king even in his death. That's right. That's right. Uh, he rocks, man. I'm so happy we got to have him. Also, did you see uh, Caleb Williams' quote in the video of him after this game? I don't want to try to go to. I did. You know, go too hard against a 20 year old player, but yeah, based on the discourse around him, I, I feel obligated to. Yeah, um, I, I did. I did. For I, those I, who didn't see, yeah, he jumped in the stands after the game uh, into his mom's arms and was like openly weeping. Yeah. Uh, which whatever that happens, we'll players cry. I get yeah. that. He also said in the in his quote, he said, "I want to go home and cuddle with my dog and watch some shows after the loss to, uh, <laughs> it's to a, Washington." It's a Ryan Day Come style on, dude. quote. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm gonna, you know, uh, Ryan, how are you gonna celebrate this win? Well, you know, I'm gonna go home. I'm gonna watch some shows. <laughs> Just no, no idea what he's at. He does has never thought about it before. Doesn't do anything when he gets home. That is a. I'm gonna go home. Can you, I'm gonna, can you imagine? I'm gonna view some shows. How happy, how happy Ryan Day will be if he gets to go to Disney World after a championship. He'll be the happiest guy alive, dude. Yeah. yeah. Um, but anyway, um, yeah, Caleb Williams is one of the softest quarterbacks in recent memory. Yeah. Uh, the team is bad. They deserve this. Um, Lincoln Riley. We want, we are going to do everything in our power to harass you to get you to quit football. Yeah. I don't want you to go to the NFL. I want you to quit coaching football. Yeah. Um, yep. That's fair. I, I think we can make it happen. We got some hired goons heading your way, buddy. Watch out. <laughs> um, yeah, these guys stink. These these guys stink. We're going, we're going I, Tanya mode. That's, uh, that's no true. No further comment on what that means. That's yeah. true. <laughs> just the movie, not the real, not the actual mm-hmm, event. That's just, all I mean by that. Yeah, just the film. Um. Yeah, I mean, Dylan I, Johnson was awesome, by the way. I mean, I know usually it's like a 
Will Penix power team for Washington. Yeah. But Dylan Johnson was a fucking animal. In this yeah, game. He, he went nuts. Um, he, what was it, two, 256 on 26 carries, four touchdowns? Um, that's, yeah. Uh, yeah, that'll yeah. work. <laughs> that, that'll, that'll work. That's fine. Yeah. I mean, look, there were a lot of great individual performances this game. I, th- I thought for USC, Todd Washington was fantastic. Yeah. Um, Caleb Williams honestly played pretty well today. Like, I know we like to dog him a lot, and I think he usually deserves it. But I will say in this game, he was pretty good. That fumble was really bad and and kind of cost it, it took away their chance to win this game. Yeah. Um, but by and large, he was good in this game. This was not on him, but his team sucks and he lost and and see ya. Bye. Yeah. Bye-bye. Um, yeah, I, I don't have a whole lot else to say about it. They are who we thought they were. Washington gets the job done. I do have um I, I'm I'm buying stock early on a take that I think, if I remember correctly, you are going to disagree with, but that I, I've seen enough on this guy that I'm ready to say this. Uh, Deuce Robinson is bad. That kid is just not good. He's just not good. He's not a good athlete. I'm not I'm not seeing it he's with that guy. Big. He's just fucking big. He's just out there running around, and he's not even really running all that fast. He's just kind of moving around. Go play baseball. I don't need to see you on the football field. Get out of here. No more of Deuce Robinson. I've seen enough. Yeah, uh, don't need them. They are trying to remake Darnell Washington. Yep. There's just one of that guy. Just the one. Um, don't need a second one. Yeah. What do you even um, need him for? What do you even need Darnell Robinson for, Lincoln Riley? You're not running the ball. Your ass is not running the Darnell football. Washington. Yeah, Darnell Washington. What do you need this guy for? Darnell Robinson, is, I think, was like a 90s basketball player, if I recall correctly. That sounds right. Uh, yeah, Darnell Washington. What do you need him <laughs> for? You're not even using him. You don't... You don't come on. Grow up. Um... Also in the evening here, Alabama 42, LSU 28. LSU's defense is so shitty, man. It's so unbelievably bad what Matt House is doing here. Um, they are I, I just wasting a, a really incredible season here from, Jay, from uh, Jaden Daniels, who interception later on in the game ultimately kind of ends it. But he was going nuts in this in this game until that point, and it just the defense just did not deliver for him. Uh, the offense was having to do too much for LSU, which it has all season, and uh, they can't get it done. This defense is dog shit. It is so bad. It is bad in a way that I did not think was possible for LSU. It's it's awful. Oh, man. Yeah, I mean, it sucked. Yeah, I, I, they just did not do anything to contain Milrose, a rushing threat, um, which was the entire game, basically, right? I mean, he had 155 yards and four touchdowns on the ground. Uh, as a passer, he's still Jalen Milrow. I don't think he did anything special. Um, but LSU's defense sucks, man. They just suck. Their whole secondary yeah. is injured and bad. Um, the way everyone talks about Caleb Williams being like the best quarterback in college football and his defense wasting things for him, yeah. that's who Jaden Daniels actually is. Yeah. Um, he, to, I mean, I don't know. I thought he was brilliant in this game as well. Basically went... I mean, pretty much play for play with Milrow, right? Like, I mean, you know, Milrow had 219 passing, Daniels had 219 passing. Milrow had 155 rushing, Daniels had 163 rushing. Uh, It was, I mean, they were both fantastic. I thought Malik Neighbors was great as well. He had a couple drops early on, but really cleaned it up, and it was a huge factor at the end of the game. Uh, LSU just didn't have the defense, man. They just do not have the defense to win this game. Um, They fucking let Bama off the hook. It's, It's annoying. Yep. Collectively, the SEC has let Alabama off the hook, um, which is uh, not a reflection of Alabama. That is a reflection of the SEC. It's a bad conference this year. 
it's just not it's just not good folks it's just not a good conference this year um if you're letting alabama out of this league with one loss and the loss is a a non-conference game it's not a good conference i'm sorry these guys are they're just there they're there this is not this should not be an 11 and 1 team heading into december and and they have uh they have been let off the hook by a bad league and by a bad league schedule i don't think i've just there's nothing there. There's nothing there that I'm impressed with. I, I just I'm, I've enjoyed I'm ready to be done with Elliot going on the offensive about it. It's okay. nice that he's been kind of on the warpath. Yeah. Um, talking about essentially that everyone just forgetting how shitty the SEC was in non-conference. Yeah. Um, and didn't win any games basically. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, it's nice to be reminded of that. Like when you see all these teams, big records here at the end, it's because they all play like at the most one serious non-con game. Uh, you know, at all, and then eight conference games. A lot of them against bad teams. Yeah, they just don't play hard schedules. It's not a serious football league. They don't care. Like they don't care about producing a tough, entertaining product at the course of the season. Uh, they want to have one or two teams that are elite and healthy at the end of the year and have a chance to win a national championship. They do not care about the overall football product. Uh, just having those one or two teams have a chance to win a title. Yeah, it doesn't have to be the product doesn't have to be good because a whole bunch of people in in national media will just pretend that it's good for you. You don't even have to put a good product on the field if you're the SEC. You just have to say that it's good. <laughs> and then everybody's going to just print it. Yep, it's good. They said so in a press release. They said that the league is good. Just look at the body types. You just just uh it's different. It's just a different league and uh and that's it. That's that's all you have to do. It doesn't ever actually have to be good and it hasn't been for several years and it's not again this year and nobody seems to care except for us and maybe bud um it sucks it it sucks that we're right back that we're right back in this place again that their um pretty clear and, and rampant gaming of the system just continues unabated um and uh cool that we're just gonna keep doing this and they're just gonna add more teams to it and they're just gonna do it more um and that's it that's what we're stuck with uh app state 31 marshall nine good win for app state uh which stays kind of alive the sunbelt east is just nobody wants it because it's just james madison and then everybody else but app state remains in that race Marshall has uh, taken taken a turn here. Our our Marshall has gone sour. I fear. I don't. Uh, I think we got to be throwing away the Marshall. I, I don't think it's going to be good anymore. You can't just cut off little bits of it. I think that this Marshall has gone bad. Uh, they're playing like shit. They've lost like four or five in a row. Um, it's not good right now. No, it's um, it's very bad. And also, I mean, like I know App State also kind of sucks and probably will not, you know, actually pull this off. Yeah. Uh, uh, but despite being five and four, they are kind of right in the mix to uh, to win their division in the Sun Belt. Um, <laughs> like as it stands today, uh, they are tied with two losses apiece with Georgia Southern and Coastal in the conference. Uh, with James Madison being ineligible, they are they are kind of tied for uh, first in the East by by default almost. Yeah. Um, you know, among those teams, they they did lose to Coastal. Uh, they will play Georgia Southern at the end of the year. They still have road games at Georgia State and James Madison, so I don't think this one's going to yeah. go their way. Yeah, but they do kind of control their own destiny here out the rest of the way. Yeah, I, I think that the the greatest thing that you can have as a Sun Belt team, as a Sun Belt East team right now, is that you have either already played James Madison or that you don't have to play James Madison. I think that those are the two things that you could benefit from if you are a Sun Belt team. Still having them on the schedule at this point is not going to be good for you because that's just a loss. That's an auto loss, and I would guess that they're going to lose that one. Um, West Virginia, we mentioned earlier, West Virginia 37, BYU 7. 
taking care of business. Uh, BYU has, I would say, come back down to earth after a 5-2 and two start, and probably uh, very re- I would say that there's a very real chance that BYU, despite starting 5-1 and it was five and one or 5-2, and two, uh, might not go bowling. It, it's, been, it's been a bad couple of weeks for those guys. But West Virginia, solid. Solid win. D- did what they were supposed to do and then some. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. They have been... Uh... They've been a revelation this season. I, I don't think you or I or anyone else uh, reasonably expected this. No, um, it's been a really impressive year, man. They're six and three, and I mean, their losses—they have that uh, that one very silly loss to Houston. But besides that, they lost to this Oklahoma State team we just talked about being on an absolutely massive hot streak. It's probably a top fifteen team in the country, and a Penn State team is a top ten team in the country on the road in a whiteout. I yep. mean, those are. You know, if you win that Houston game, the season looks a lot different. Yeah. Uh, and you were right in the mix for a Big 12 title uh, very late in the year. They still are in the mix, to be clear. Like, they can still get there. Uh, they need some help, but uh, but they're still in range. And uh, you you win that Houston game or don't lose in that last second help Mary. And this looks like a banner year. Yep. Yep. Uh, can- oh, staying in the Big 12 here, Kansas 28, Iowa State 21. Um, it was not pretty for Kansas. They led for almost the entire game. Iowa State kind of puts itself right back in it late, but Kansas closes it out, gets the win. Um, we are, uh, I, I would say, very legitimately looking at a potential nine and three or ten and two Kansas here, because um, the rest of the schedule I am pulling up. I know that they have Kansas State to end the year, but other than that, they have, uh, they have, yeah, Texas Tech. Kansas State at home, and then at Cincinnati to end the year. This could very easily be ten and two Kansas. What a uh, what a season that they have had here. And it, it I mean, they were they were a very close game against Oklahoma State, uh, away from being you know a one loss team right now and still in the playoff discussion. And it stinks that they lost that game, but I think they have lived up to our expectations this year. They've been good and they remain good, and they're going to have a really good record here at the end of the year. Yeah, yeah, happy for them. And to clarify too, there's not like they're not done in the in the title race on it. Like they still no. have a chance at it. They would need um, some help. They <laughs> would definitely need some help. <laughs> but um, you know, this uh, that's not yeah. impossible. They could get some help, right? They they could they could they could get a little bit of help. They have a win over Oklahoma that would be helpful in this case. Um, they're gonna need probably I think they both. Need... I think they would need Oklahoma State or. Texas to lose twice, right? Which is a lot to ask. So, <laughs> so here's what's best for them, to my understanding. They want Iowa State to win out, okay, because they have a win over Iowa State. They also want Oklahoma to win out, and they think they have a win over. Yeah. Um, if that happens, Kansas State would be out of it, so it wouldn't matter what they did against Kansas State. Um, although they would have to win that game, obviously, if they're wrong, yeah. right? Uh, so you would need Oklahoma State to lose twice you need one of texas or yeah uh shit i guess you would need texas to lose to iowa state and then it would go into tiebreakers i don't know i can't follow it right now i'm just doing this at the top of my head we'll uh, figure. It's, it, it looks pretty bleak it's probably not going to happen it's probably not going to happen um, but nine and three or ten and two would still be an excellent season at kansas and they would, would be, be awesome they would be right on the edge potentially of a new year's six game and that would be awesome i don't think they would get there but they would be in like a really good non-New Year's Six game. They're going to the Alamo Bowl or something like that. That would be... That's a great year for, for these guys. 
Um, one of the best in recent in recent memory for uh, for Kansas, rivaling yeah, back 2007. to the Orange Bowl. Yeah, yeah. two thousand seven, um, and they have done this. I would say much more sustainably than that was done. Not a ton of JUCO guys running around oh, yeah. here making plays. They <laughs> just get lucky. Um, also, they did it without fucking Jalen Daniels for the most of the season. Yeah, yeah, which is crazy that they have managed that all the same even without Daniels. Um, also here in the evening slate, NC State twenty, Miami six. Um, ugly <laughs> ugly again this is another one that i did not keep super close tabs on because who cares uh but uh miami takes another loss miami now two and three in the acc has firmly come back to earth nc state i'm gonna give credit i don't think that they are good they certainly didn't play especially well in this game they had a 30 percent success rate on offense which is not very good but they did enough to win the game and they won it by two scores, and they did it at home. They defended their home field. Um, good win. They're 6-3. and three. They're going bowling. They have, I think, despite not having a very good team, they have managed to have a decent season, and I think they will uh, – I think they should get some credit for that. I don't think that they should get a ton of credit because <laughs> they probably should have been better last year, and we're still frustrated about that. But Dave Doran has done, admittedly, a pretty good job with a bad team this year. Yeah, yeah, 100%. Um, credit to him. And also, Miami, it's not looking good the rest of the way, man. It is no. not looking good, bro. Uh, no, they, they, uh, they still have Louisville and Florida State left on the schedule oh. um, the next two games. <laughs> and then after that, they play a road game in a Boston College team. That's, I, I don't think it's very good, but it's currently 6-3. and Yeah. Um, they could pretty easily lose out and finish 6-6. Six and six. I think they probably go 7-5. and five, But, yeah, they suck. I mean, they have really bit the bullet here. Um, uh, on the NC State side, um, yeah, pretty good year, man. And I think could very well, they could win out, right? They get Wake Forest, Virginia Tech, both of those in the row, then North Carolina at home. Um, they could somehow still finish nine and three. I know because it's Dave Doran, they will go eight and four. Yes. Um, <laughs> yeah, but... they'll, they'll find a way. They'll lose, they'll lose to Wake Forest and they'll win the other two for some reason. Um, yeah, that, that is, seems like that is classic. That's classic. NC well, State. to be fair, there are three losses this year are to three good teams, right? They lost yeah. on the road at Duke when Duke was mostly healthy. Um, um, they I, lost to Notre Dame. I think Duke was without yeah. Riley Leonard in that game, but it, the point stands. Oh, okay. Yeah, well, the rest of the team was healthy. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> they also lost to Notre Dame and to Louisville. That Louisville game was a, a, th- a three-point game. I mean, this has been a pretty good year for NC State, all things considered, especially yeah. with how bad Brian Armstrong was. They had to they were forced to go to MJ Morris. Um, it's good to kind of recover and, and find some juice here. Yeah, and I'm sure that plenty of NC State fans are just miserable about this because they want to be rid of Dave Doran. And I hear you. I understand you. Yeah, um, we are your allies. Yeah, but, I uh, appreciate I appreciate where you are coming from. However, he is six and three, and so we are going to have to mention that. But I get it; it's frustrating. <laughs> I would imagine that a lot of people are probably like, "God damn it, we just can't get rid of this guy. Why can't we just have a bad year and get rid of this guy?" I hear you. I understand. Uh, last one here in the evening slate: Michigan forty-one, Purdue thirteen. Um, probably Michigan's worst outing in in a, a pretty good amount of time here. And they still win by, you know, almost 30 points and are, are never, never seriously challenged here. Couldn't, um, I, I don't think the matchup was great here. I think Purdue came in with a, a pretty solid plan for slowing Michigan down and Michigan was largely amenable to that, but they still won by, like I said, almost 30. They figured it out. They did enough to win. 
I don't have a ton else to say about this one. It was fine. They are fine. They are good. They will probably yeah. Um, yeah. They will probably win the rest of the games in their regular season. Is where I'm at right now. I think well, maybe. Are. Yeah, mm. we'll see. That, that line is dropping pretty quickly against Penn State, yeah. um, which is kind of interesting. Good luck with that. Uh, and <laughs> good we'll see. Luck we'll with see. That. I'm not. I'm not I making have... any predictions. I don't think Penn State's good. Yeah. I'm not making any predictions there. I'm just saying. I don't need to learn the lesson. There's again a lot with Penn of... State. I get it. I'll take it the first time. I don't need to see it anymore. I understand that they are not going to win that game. <laughs> there, I'm good. All I'm saying is there are a lo- there are a lot of external factors that can influence some game results the rest of the way yeah. right um yeah execution including whether or not michigan yeah. mm-hmm, whether or not michigan will be coaching with its head coach or either of its coordinators is still very much up in the air um and also i mean i, I don't want to go full conspiracy conspiracy theorist here but mm. uh presumably this is the first game michigan has played where it didn't have its opponent's signals in a couple of years yeah. uh in the conference game and i mean they did have like you said one of their worst defensive performances of the season uh the rush attack looked pretty bad um, their rush defense looked mediocre. Like, I don't think they really did. And Purdue's not a good running team at all. Uh, and Michigan didn't do a ton. They, I mean, they, they were fine, but they gave up a couple runs, 20 plus yards. I mean, they, uh, they allowed, uh, I, I don't know. They won by almost 30 points. I thought I, I, they were, probably... I get it. I'm not saying Michigan, look, <laughs> it's a comfortable game. Purdue's terrible. Purdue's yeah. one of the worst power five teams in the country. And I, I they think, beat them by, I think Purdue yeah. did a good Go job as, 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 frequent guest and friend of the show Dan pointed out I think Purdue came in with a, a good game plan of of how to how to slow Michigan t- down if Michigan was not willing to take advantage of the things that it could by running JJ which it doesn't want to do right now it doesn't want to run JJ I I think that that is a fair a fair point worth mentioning is that like yeah Purdue really kind of went all out with the game plan here specifically trying to just make things nasty and make things not not easy for Michigan and, and had some success doing that. And also Michigan still won by 30. I don't think it's a really, I don't really know that it's like, Oh, they're, they're fucked now that they don't have the signs. Like they were, they were comfortable the entire game. I'm not that concerned. Yeah, you're that. right. But I'm trying to push an agenda. Yeah, um, of course. <laughs> sure. And, <laughs> uh, it is also fun seeing their fans get riled up and pissed off on Twitter that uh, Ryan Walters would not shake uh, Jim, Jim Harbaugh's hand after the game. Yeah. Um, I don't know if you saw that. I mean, um, what I don't know what they expected. The guy just came out and said on national TV on Friday that your coach is a cheater and he doesn't like you. And you got surprised when he wouldn't shake his hand afterwards. Like, I'm sorry to break it to you, but every other coach in the conference hates your guts. Like, they think he's a bad guy and a cheater. Like that, and they like. I think most people in college football who aren't Michigan fans already didn't like Jim Harbaugh because he's like a disagreeable personality who's kind of very sanctimonious while also being deeply annoying. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then this comes out and kind of confirms all their priors. And yeah, they're gonna. No one likes him, man. Like I don't have to tell you. It's it's just you guys. <laughs> yeah. Everybody hates Jim Jim Harbaugh entirely because he is simply neurodivergent. They're all just they're they're being ableist <laughs> against him. Uh, about, he's the uh, good yeah, coach. Yeah, yeah, he's the <laughs> Oh man, <laughs> he is the good coach. <laughs> that's his. That's his next gig after this one. He's getting a a, a, a Fox sitcom where he's the the first ever. <laughs> the first ever openly. someone someone can make that <laughs> screenshot for us uh someone can easily if we can get the ai to make a crying jim harbaugh <laughs> as the good doctor um if someone has time on their hands wants to send that to the account we will share that for you yeah that um, is good. Oh man, <laughs> that is uh, that is good. Anyway, Saturday night we got three games here to finish us out. 
uh, two in the Pac-12 and then one in the Mountain West. We will start with Oregon State 26, Colorado 19. Um, Colorado is, is I think, out of it. I think that they are just about done with this with this season. We did not get the chance to talk about the bizarre uh, demotion of Sean Lewis and the following mm. uh, promotion of Pat Shermer, who sucks, um, like pretty clearly sucks and has sucked for his entire career, is not a good football coach. Don't even really know why he's here, why he's on the staff. He sucks. Um, it uh, it was not the only problem in this game, but the offense was really bad for Colorado. And no, no, no major surprise there. The offense without Sean Lewis wasn't very good against a defense that it probably should have been pretty good against. Um, I don't know what's going on there. I would assume I, I would have to assume that there is more to that than just what we see, because I don't know why. I don't know why you would willingly make that choice if you're Deion Sanders. I, I that doesn't. It did not make a ton of sense to me. No, I, I think people are like. There's some speculation out there of a couple things. One is just like. Dion didn't want the reputation being that Sean Lewis was the best coach on the team. The other being that Sean Lewis is interviewing for other jobs um, while the, still there. That one, obviously, I don't have. That one is the one that I'm most <laughs> open to. That sounds about right. That 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 Sean was doing something fairly standard, which is putting out feelers for getting a head coaching job. Maybe you shouldn't be going and doing interviews right now. There are two Big Ten jobs open. Um, maybe shouldn't yeah. be and doing that. Yeah, of course, that. there's also no proof of that, right? Yeah, there's no proof of that. But I, that one makes a little more sense to me than the ones where it's like, oh, he's, uh, he's you know, he, he wants to – they're not throwing enough with Shadur. Like, they were throwing their shit out of the football. <laughs> I don't really know that that was – I I don't really know where that is uh, where that's coming from because it's not really it doesn't really bear out with the stats like they have been they've been playing Shadur ball all season I don't really know that that would be an issue um, so I I would I would think that there is more than it's just like oh I wanted to I don't want this guy to outshine me um, but I don't know I I don't know that we'll ever know exactly what went on with that very strange yeah uh, very bizarre and of course you know it worked so well for them by the way with the negative rushing yard total of the day and Shador still getting sacked four times. Yep. Um, it seemed to change everything. So I'm glad it worked out well for them. Yeah. Um, I didn't get a chance to watch this one, to be honest. I had, uh, I was attending a friend's birthday party for the late night slot. So I did okay. not get to see this. I did see someone complaining about Dion's end of game management, uh, like time, like, you know, time management. I don't know what this is referring to. I didn't get a chance to watch it in full. Did you see anything about this or did you follow this at all? I saw the people who were upset about it. I don't really know. Like, I, who cares, <laughs> right? Like, who cares? Yeah. They're four and five. Who cares? Um, y- it wasn't good. It was, there's, you know, I don't think Dion is an especially strong in-game coach right now. Maybe he can be at some point. And I, I think it's, you know, relatively fair. They, they scored, they scored fairly early and they had some weird timeout usage and they kind of, <laughs> kind of let Oregon State run all the time off the clock. I don't know exactly why they did that. I don't know that Dion knew exactly why they did that. Um, if I remember the situation correctly, they had a timeout left, and Oregon State took a knee on like a second or a third down, and they didn't call the timeout until there were like two seconds left. I, I was watching without the sound on. <laughs> didn't understand fully the situation at hand. But it was it was related to timeouts. It was related with there not being very much time left. I don't know what the hell was going on there, why you wouldn't call a timeout sooner. Um, but uh, he's just not a very good in-game football coach <laughs> right now, and I, I don't know that he's ever going to be. That's not really the Dion thing. 
Um, I think that they are probably ready to advance to the thing that they are best at, which is the offseason. I think Colorado is probably ready for the offseason at this point. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, I mean, it, it's going to be a fun game to see in two weeks because obviously Colorado is going to lose this week to Arizona, uh, who is red hot right now. Yeah. Um, we are going to get to see an all-time implosion off between uh, uh, Wazoo and Colorado. Oh, yeah. Uh, two teams that are desperately trying to lose all of their games. Um, we're going to see who can do better at it because both these guys are trying really hard to lose everything. Yeah. Um, and I'm curious to see who's got the juice more. Oh, yeah. Uh, also in the Pac-12 here, speaking of Arizona, Arizona 27, UCLA 10. Um, yeah, Arizona red hot right now, um, playing as well as anybody right up there with Oklahoma State. Very strange couple of teams to be uh, to be doing that, but they are they're flying. Um, they are absolutely flying. Noah Fafita continues to play well. <laughs> Jaden Delora was in for one throw, and it was awful. It was a terrible, terrible throw. Um, and then uh, they went right back Good to Noah. Yeah, they, locked up. Yeah, went right yeah. back to Noah Fafita, um, who I don't think should leave the field under any circumstances. I think it was a trick play, if I'm remembering correctly, and it just it didn't go well. Uh, on the UCLA side of things, Boy, we got three really bad quarterback performances <laughs> in this in this game. Really, sort of a a mid off, if, if to be generous, honestly, with uh, with Ethan Garbers, Dante Moore, and Colin Schlee. They all played like shit. They all played pretty badly, and UCLA in general played really um, really poorly. And just yeah, once a team over five hundred, so they always do that. Yep. I mean, they, yeah. They are now one and three against teams over five hundred. Their only win being against Coastal Carolina in Week One. Mm. I will keep repeating that stat because there are still AP voters who have them ranked. <laughs> what the um, hell? Why? Which, why still? That doesn't even make sense. They have three losses now. You don't have to pretend. What are we doing, dude? There was a guy. There was a guy, uh, Chuck Landon, who's a Marshall writer. Okay. Who had USC at seventeen? What the week. hell? Seventeen, man. Yeah. They're just letting anybody vote. They're letting anybody vote. Doesn't matter. Yeah, go on in. Um, yeah, big win for Arizona once again. Um, UCLA side of things, I, I will give you credit. You were right. They're playing like shit. They're not. They don't look good. They just don't look good. Uh, I, I think that uh, the, the Dante Moore will they won't they saga and him throwing as many interceptions as he did is uh, that was kind of the death knell for the season. Uh, Ethan Garbers is not getting the job done, and I think that they just don't really have a they don't really have a quarterback. And defenses have been able to key in on this rushing attack to the point where UCLA just can't score enough to win games against competent opponents. Yeah, that's kind of the size of it, man. Um, uh, tired of them. Kind of tired of them. Yep. Um, uh, last one here. <laughs> Uh, last one of the uh, of the day, Fresno State 37, Boise State 30. I will say that is a generous final score for Boise State, which goes down and kicks a field goal with 39 seconds left um, to uh, to pull within a score. I, I thought that this was, I mean, it was it was competitive for the pretty much the entire game. Fresno State puts it away with about two minutes left with a 52-yard Malik Sherrod touchdown run. He's fucking good. He has been balling out for them. They needed a running back to show up this season, and he has been the guy who has who has taken that on. 21 carries, 132 yards, and a touchdown. Um, and uh, thank God, Boise State falls uh falls behind in the mountain west title race it looks like it's probably going to be as expected fresno state and air force um still a chance for unlv but boise state now working pretty significantly behind the eight ball san jose state is in there um 
not uh, not a super competitive race. I think it's probably going to be one of those three that I that I mentioned, and thankfully it won't be Boise State, which is just not not very good, not a, not a very good football team. No, uh, no, they are not. Uh, Fresno State is though. I, I mean, I am I'm pretty happy the way the season's been going for Fresno State, and I think yeah. they are very much in the mix for the New Year's Six Bay, the G five. Yep. Um, they are certainly not a perfect football team. They've had some. Uh, some close games against teams they probably shouldn't have had close games against. Uh, however, uh, look, when you're eight and one and you're, I mean, they're going to be heavily favored to win each of their final three games. Um, you've got a chance to go 12 and one and win the conference. And, and who knows they you go play someone really good. Yeah. Uh, it's been an awesome season for Jeff Tedford, the boys, you gotta be really happy with this. Yeah. And given all that they lost, especially on offense, very impressive, very, very impressive that they have, uh, that they're still this good that they lost, they lost Jay Kaner and, and all of those receivers and thousand yard rusher and all of that stuff. And they are maybe even better than they were last year. They're going to probably finish with a better record. That's hard to do. Um, that's a, that's a really good football program. They, they remain solid. Uh, all right. I think that'll do it here for us, Ryan, unless you have anything else, we'll get out of here and we'll, uh, we'll talk to everybody again on the premium show. Hell yeah, man. Let's do it. Bye.